Hello everyone, it's Bobby here. Just wanted to let you know, this is sort of a part two of our traditional uh, recap podcast. Uh, If you have not listened to part one, where we break down OU Texas in its entirety, make sure to check that one out. It's not required listening, but in this episode, we are going to break down some of the fun of OU Texas and our biggest questions of how we move forward as a team, how uh, Oklahoma finishes the season, and um, and more. So, without further ado, let's get this podcast started. Yeah, no, I, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think we should wrap... I don't even know if this is wrapping the podcast up or just transitioning it into a different form. Uh, but I, I think a game like this, especially where it's out in the middle of the season, leaves a lot of questions as to what happens next. This is a truly pivotal moment in OU season, uh, potentially the program. And um, I, I, um, I've, I've asked you all to actually write a couple questions as well. So, Jameson, I'll let you start with yours. Actually, go mine last, because mine's not much about the game. Mine's more about the aftermath. So when do y'all hit me for um, – when do y'all go before me? Oh, oh okay. Um, I'll, just get th- I'll just get this started. What's this the best OU Texas of all time? Yes. Uh, so- uh, second, second place to last year. <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah. that's the easy answer. And, and, and it's kind of weird to say because, you know, we're younger and we have recency bias and all this stuff. But – I understand that a lot of people hold their laurels and thinking about the Superman game, but in all actuality, if that Superman did play didn't happen, OU's probably still winning that football game. You know, they were on, you know, they had 90 plus yards to go. OU was already winning and that just solidified the game. That's just a cool moment that you can put on a poster and put in videos, Um, you know, but high scoring games where you think that you're going to lose and then you think you're going to win. And then you have your doubt keeps going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, that's what makes, you know, and like you said, Ty, entertainment at its finest. You know, waiting the whole game to the fourth quarter to figure out what's going on with these defensive matchups in the past. Yes, you know, those are excruciating, but it does not keep you on the edge of your seat like it did this game. This is um, first place taking over the in the quadruple overtime game from last year. Yeah, and that 2001 game, it was, like before the Superman play, it was 7-3. to three. In yeah, the fourth exactly. quarter. That SEC, doesn't sound baby. Fun. That's SEC football right there. <laughs> incredible. Incredible. But, like, you know, this game was a race against time. Uh, just just the moments were, were, were thick and fast. They were, like, they were, like, just, just, just countless Superman plays. I and mean, it, it was a truly remarkable game. Uh, Ty, best OE Texas ever, yes or no? So, I, I, I think, I, I think the reasonable answer as an OU fan. Um, and I, I don't know if we have a lot of older viewers, but I feel like a lot of maybe older people would agree with this. Uh, Bobby, I think you were probably one uh, and some change. I think Jameson and I were less than one years old. But 96, when OU was garbage uh, and we beat a ranked Texas team in, in overtime, uh, I think is a reasonable answer as an OU fan. Uh, but I just got to go the straight OU horns down line and say the best OU Texas game of all time is probably a – a four-way tie between like 2000 uh, where OU won. um, Oh, I have it pulled up uh, 63 to 14 or 2003 where OU won 65 to 13 or uh, 2011 where it was 55 to 17 or, or 2012 where it was 63 to 21. 
let him get a garbage. So you like being pretty comfortable, do you? You you don't like these back and forth. Okay, that's no, one way I to take it. I Bobby, love this one. I love this one. But like like we talked yeah. about earlier in the podcast, you know, we can't just all go down the line, you know, and say the same stuff because then we're no different than college game day. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe what they do works because they're, they're pretty successful. Bobby, you, you probably know this better. I'm looking it up right now. And that is that 96 team. Were we over going into OU Texas? Wasn't that the big story with it? Yes. Uh, not only were we over, but uh, John Blake at, the, at that time was uh, nursing a massive home winning streak. Uh, I believe we, we won OU Texas, but didn't win a home game that year, uh, which is just insane. Let's see if um, I'm looking at it. Yeah, we yeah. were three and eight. Yeah. Oh so, my God. I mean, we beat OSU about, and Texas, but we only won three games. <laughs> I, uh, there are some old OU fans who believe that if you beat OSU in Texas, it's a good season. Uh, I disagree with that. We lost to Kansas at home. So, oh, oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, so here's my thing. Like I know going down the line, I know all that, but it, it was the, the back and the forth. And let's, let's look at the stats. The biggest comeback in serious history the uh, biggest collapse in Texas football history, and um, just just in general, um, the moments, it, it, it is undoubtedly the best for me. Uh, I never thought I'd get a feeling, and, and for me personally, this is a little selfish, maybe not selfish, but for me personally, when Kyler Murray's team almost pulled off that comeback and they, they blew it right there, I, I, thought I, I thought I'd never get another moment like that. Uh, I never thought we'd get like a completion like that again. And, you know, granted that was a more furious comeback, but I'll be damned if this wasn't just as close to uh, that feeling that I had. And the fact that it actually got realized and everything um, to, to go undefeated against your rival, it's, it's, ex- it, 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 it's exactly why you watch this sport, why you love this team and why you love OU Texas, why it's worth spending the money, why it's worth going you know, and, and fighting through the inconvenience because these moments are incomparable to anything in sport. And it's, it, it truly is a moment that uh, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. Uh, there might be better games. There might be better moments. And, you know, not, not might. Oh, he's going to win a national championship one day. And one, one day that's... Thank God you added one day. One, 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 one of these days, it's... Look, oh, he's going to win a national championship eventually and it's going to overpass this for me and but you know it, it, it's a moment i'll never forget and i i i, uh, I can't have it last cried. this is the yeah. first time i cried tear of joy during the game i'm not i'm not embarrassed to say it it was just like there's so much emotionally hanging on me like on my shoulders you know obviously who cares i'm a fan but like but like just like the spencer versus caleb thing and just finally almost just resolving in front of our eyes that Will it actually resolve? That's going to be my question. Um, but like just seeing that just come to fruition and everything going right and everything kicking the right way. And legitimately, this is the t- like the football version of a buzzer beater that we had for the win and one of the biggest football games and one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Like you, like you can't like buzzer beaters send chills down your like, and you don't get that football, especially with touchdowns. And what what an insane call from I was Chris Fowler too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I was I was just gonna say I, I was talking to to a friend of mine uh, just a couple hours before we came on the podcast uh, in class, and he is from he's from Paris, which is in France, which is in Europe, uh, which is not in America. Uh, for our listeners, um, I know a lot of you guys have like communications degrees, um, 
<laughs> but uh, this was his first Cotton Bowl game. He's, a, he's, a, he's an exchange student at OU. Uh, this was his first Cotton Bowl game, and uh, he comes from a fairly well-off uh, family in France. He's been to uh, all sorts of F1 events, uh, a couple World Cups, actually, uh, which is crazy, um, and all sorts of stuff. And he said that going to the fair and going to the game – uh, and he doesn't go to the OU games. You know, he's, he goes to OU, but uh, doesn't really go to the OU games. He said it was the coolest sporting event he's ever been to uh, in his life because he said it was crazy. Like, there's, he said he had never experienced any, and he's a very well-traveled guy. He's been to all sorts of, of stuff, you know. And, you know, it, people can have their different favorite sports and, and different arguments, but I, I don't – like, this was super special. I said it at the preseason pod um, – no matter how it turns out, what a time to be an OU fan. What a time to be a fan of the sport. Especially after, you know, last year with the empty empty Cotton Bowl and everything. It just, everything felt right. It was just so incredible. But uh, Ty, uh, want to move on to your question. Uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so I, I guess my question, uh, hearing Jameson, uh, kind of worried we might have the same question. But I think that his will probably be a bit more nuanced because – when you texted us, I, I didn't. I didn't also. I also did not read that it had to be specifically about the game. So my one question that I'm left with after this game is, and I don't want us to jinx anything. What is the ceiling for this OU team now? Because I think we had a preseason ceiling. We had a, a sort of a, a reasonable expectation of a ceiling coming into this game, which was not the same as the preseason one. Um, and I think now after seeing this performance. Um, the, the ceiling is now, or the potential ceiling that people would believe in is different from the one that we had coming into it. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think this this is not my question, but I want to I want to hop in because awesome. I think this would be good to end it because my question is, which is a huge question, we haven't talked about it thus far, is what should we as a fan base do, and what should I, most specifically, you know, what, we're, what I'm asking is, if you were Lincoln Riley, what would you do? Would you start Spencer Rattler? Would you start Caleb Williams? And I think we can end off with your question. Um, but okay. I think that this, this yeah. there's a, a what do I think Spencer's – I mean, what do I think Lincoln's going to do and what do I think he should do is a big thing. So I, I want to hit that to you all before I give you all my thoughts. In retrospect, I should have gone for the uh, let's actually make a production line instead of uh, go for surprise um, <laughs> because I, I agree with the order. Um, but I also – I'll say this. Don't just, let the fans know that we shoot from the hip. Look, look we're just going to edit Shooting this. Shooting from the hip gets you the best. We're going to edit this a little. say that, and then <laughs> we're not going to edit straight it. Straight up podcast posting. All right, no. 30 no, seconds we, after we're done. We're, we're not editing. Yeah. yeah, no, we're, we're not editing this. Here's my thing. Um, I, 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 It's got to be Caleb Williams. He's the best player on the field, or he's the best player available at that position. In football – which you have to be cold and calculating and do the right thing. In football, you play the best player available, and that is Caleb Williams. And I, I you know, Spencer Rattler is a damn good player. I, I and we've seen it with Jalen Hurts, um, you know, transferring from Alabama, ironically to OU. Um, but you know, sometimes he, he he can make the NFL still. There's still a lot of time for Spencer Rattler to develop into a good player. And hell, this could be something that helps him. Uh, this could be something that helps him develop professionalism, taking his knocks, getting better. Um, you know, some of the biggest 
uh, successes in sports have come after just just crushing blows and biggest like massive adversity. And you know, Spencer could do that. Um, you know, it, but that being said, you gotta play Caleb Williams and you gotta play him right now. Uh, but at the same time, Spencer Rattler, um, you have to handle in a situation where he's ready to go at least for the rest of the season because uh, twenty years ago, um, OU benched a quarterback and p- put in another one. Uh, that was way better, Jason White, and he tore his ACL, and Nate Hibble had to come in and finish oh, the job. So uh, I, I'm not trying to curse anything, but you have to always be ready. And if Spencer Rattler can take his lumps, um, be a good teammate, and you know at least finish the season off, uh, I think that would, would, would speak wonders to me. This is a learning experience for him. But at the end of the day, Caleb Williams is the guy, a special talent, um, and I, for one, am, am thrilled to watch him for the next uh, two and a half years at Oklahoma. Yeah, Ty, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, sort of in, in – I want to touch on Bobby's stuff uh, real quick. So obviously Baker Mayfield did not succeed at Texas Tech before coming to OU, was ridiculously successful, especially for his ceiling, and then obviously very different situation, but former OU quarterback Troy Aikman, very successful, you know, had had you know he was an injury and, and some other stuff occurred there with his transfer to UCLA, but you know it, it's not the end of the world when you don't succeed uh, where you're first planted. And there's two very big OU examples of that. Uh, Spencer Rattler could also be the next uh, Marcus Dupree. Um, <laughs> but uh, okay. <laughs> I kind of talked myself even out of the, the question there. Oh, so I think I think the absolutely the the thing to do we we got to start. We gotta we gotta start with Williams. We gotta stick with Williams uh, because at this point, um, I, I don't think that this is very likely, but it's not implausible that we run with a situation where if we keep Spencer for some unknown reason, you you open up the doors potentially for both of them to transfer. For Williams to say, you know what? Oh, what more do I have to do to prove myself to this guy? I'm never gonna trust him. You know, I'm never gonna have a a close, you know, trusting relationship with him. I'm going to go, you know, to somewhere else where I can potentially win a national championship and where I can get developed and where the coaching staff is going to appreciate me. Cause you know, that people are going to be in his ear, you know, if Rattler steps out on that field against CCU. And I think Rattler at this point, no matter what occurs is done because the fans are going to be booing him off the field. If he steps on the field as a starter against TCU, you know, he, he might get some, some snaps, but I just don't I don't think that it's good for anyone that anyone but William says. I think it's best for Rattler for for Rattler to to transfer and I'm saying that as you know respectfully as I can towards towards Rattler, but I think it's obvious that this is I don't think he's a bad player, but I think it's obvious that this is not the system, this is not the team for him. And he's only going to hurt his NFL prospects uh by staying no matter what and I think you know Lincoln Riley is you know, I this is the biggest challenge of his coaching career by far. I think in terms of I, I can't even imagine the stuff that's going on 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 the donor end and on on everything else uh, with all of this stuff. But I, I do think that Lincoln Riley is pretty close lipped, uh, and that this decision is is pretty obvious. So the the last thing you want to do is do a Kyle Allen Kyler Murray situation where you lose both of them. Um, but uh, yeah, Jameson, that's Jameson. not plausible. True. It's on. Unpl- I don't think it'll happen either. I have to say we have breaking breaking news 
Uh, this is massive. The Texas football uh, Twitter account has finally tweeted. Uh, <laughs> Finally. For the first for the first time since Saturday, it is a video of Marshawn Overshone uh, throwing up hook'em horns with Dude, uh, he was he was so he, had a hell he was really oh, good. There, Texas did have some serious playmakers on uh, on that side. Their linebacker, yeah. their linebackers played really well. But like getting back to this, because this this is probably the biggest question in OU, and I wanted to make sure we talk about this because if anyone's listening to OU content right now, this is what they want to hear because this is a huge topic. Lincoln's going to keep his mouth shut. He's not going to announce it. Um, who is going to be the starting quarterback this TU game and they roll on that first drive? And I don't think he should, nor he has any obligation to. How often during the regular season do you get to not show your cards of who's coming out of quarterback? Because the game plan as a defense is a lot different whenever you have Spencer versus Caleb Williams out there. You know, Gary Patterson's a very astute defensive coach. And, you know, with a true freshman, you probably want to dial up a lot more pressure and against the run. Um you know, rather than with Spencer, you want to disguise coverages and try to make them have bad decisions and bad throws. So, first of all, I think Lincoln is not going to with his conference, um, with his Monday press conference uh, comments, as well as just strategy. I don't think he's going to say anything. Now, the big question is, will he? And then I'll end with, should he? I think, will he? I think y'all need to be more prepared and be ready. Everyone listening that Spencer Rattley could be that guy that trots out there and we could play a two quarterback style. It's like one drive, one drive, because I know I hate it. And we always talk about two quarterbacks lose you games, but I think that the loyalty that he has to Spencer, like he said that this is the son that he never had, you know, this is his first like, you know, high school recruited quarterback to come in and start football game for OU and he was a committed for two years before he came in and played here and Lincoln understands that how big of a mantra is it that you know only your two Heisman that you you toot everyone about is they're all transfer quarterbacks all you you just you've kind of just piggybacking off other coaches successes and you actually haven't cultivated your own player so why should that recruit down the road commit to Oklahoma whenever you know you know, he all he does is take transfers in the middle of the year, and that's how he does well. So he knows that he needs to do well by Spencer, and it's going to be a negative recruiting tactic moving forward, showing that the only time he takes on one of his biggest projects, he failed. Um, so I think that's going to hurt him, and he has to give Spencer another chance. Do I think he should? I don't think he should is the question, but I think he will. And why? I, and I said I hinted that during – I know I'm going long-winded here, but I have to get all my thoughts out. No, sure um, I, I, I think that um, it's because Caleb brings the whole team to that next level, and especially after this. If you thought there was a division in the locker room and amongst the fan base right now, I mean, I mean earlier, right now it is unbelievable. There's no division. It is pretty much – Everyone deep down in their hearts know that Caleb Williams is the guy that gives us the best chance to win. And I don't know how we can go play with the wherewithal and the 110% I was talking about with Spencer Rattler out there. I really don't. I do think he's got talent. I think he can win his football games. If he goes out there and he plays well, you know, every game, I think we can go, you know, undefeated and um, until playoffs um, with Spencer Rattler as a quarterback. But I think that we have a much, much better chance with Caleb just because our whole team plays better with him. And then it is so, so, so key um, to have a good environment and good culture around you. 
because culture is the majority of college football. And that's why the same teams went over and over and over. Uh, Absolutely. And I, I just to play devil's advocate on it. um, While it could be seen as a failure on Spencer Rattler's end, what would it, what would it say? uh, It it also says a lot about Caleb Williams though. That's a massive success uh, to get him ready, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a delicate situation. It's not as easy as, as, as it is, uh, as it sounds, you know, it's, but with that being said, I also think in a way it'd be a little unfair to put Spencer Rattler out there because there's almost nothing I could see him do that would, that would really win the fans back over any small mistake. And it's the boo birds, the entire crowd. Um, this is, this is the pressure he had last week against Kansas state ramped up to a thousand. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough on on Lincoln, and it's going to it's going to test his metal. It's going to test his resolve. Yeah. Um, and I, I I'm with you though. We we should oh, we 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 can't count out Spencer Rattler returning uh, as an, as a possibility for um, uh, for Saturday. Uh, Ty, yeah. One last point before we yeah. move on to Ty's thing. I have to say that we talk a lot about Spencer Rattler, and I think we need to keep this in the back of our head going into this TCU game Saturday. We'll have a completely separate podcast to talk about that where Boat and Blake comes on. We go full on and dive into that. But if Spencer Rattler does trot onto the field, which I think is a legitimate chance, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense and the more I can kind of see it. Um, Spencer Rattler's already a head case. He already overthinks it. He doesn't make the right reads. Um, you know, he just keys on his stuff. This is going to be one mistake and you're out, and that is not how you want to play football. You, you, you were always taught as a kid from the beginning how to play football. The first thing you learn is how to throw a football. And it's not – do not think about where the destination you're throwing the ball. Just throw it. You've thrown – you know, and then after a while, your body will start to remember. Like this is where – like, you know, muscle memory goes into play. If Spencer is thinking about every little decision he's making because he's legitimately on the edge, there's bound to be a mistake. So I, I just I just see that there's no positive to come out from Spencer because even if he goes out, throws for three touchdowns in the first half, um, he comes out and throws you know interception or a really bad play. Uh, there's going to be mutterings and then there's going to be doubt. And it, even if he plays well, I just don't see anything positive coming out of this. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores just one point. That's right, $100. Considering the last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, I'd say this was a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, however, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. 
That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, we can move on to Ty's now because I think this is a huge question, Ty. You know, uh, do we think that OU has a ceiling of a national champion like we talked about at the beginning of this? I season? didn't say, I did not say that. I want to be clear because I don't I, I know what you're saying. It's a ceiling. You said what the I ceiling is. It. The ceiling is a national it. champion, right? I know, but I just want to be clear for the record. I did not say that. I implied it. I did not say that. I, I but and, yeah, is the ceiling, especially. I'll just go ahead and say it because it's going to stir the pot a little bit, uh, with Bobby specifically. I hope. I, I am praying. I, I know Bama just lost to AM, but I am praying. I am praying to the Lord that Cincinnati makes the playoffs because OU with Caleb Williams will work them and expose them for the group of five teams that they are. They are, Ty. Not, they are not good. Okay, first off, Look, Ty, Ty, I have tangled with the Cincinnati fans on Twitter before. No, you do not know what you're doing. I don't have a Twitter, so. No! no, 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 no. You're putting me under fire here now, buddy. Since he's going to drop a game and be out. Like, since they're not, they're not, they're Cincinnati, okay? Brand matters in college football. The eye test, the money sign for eyes test. Oh, um, God. The last time yeah, Cincinnati yeah, made it to a really good is- game as their best team, they got whomped by Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators. Well, so don't you. Last time we had a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, did, we didn't get whomped. We didn't get whomped. It was a it was a good game until the end. It wasn't that bad. But yeah. okay, so here's here's my answer to your question. We should question. have to vacate that win now that we know that Urban Meyer is horny and some of their players killed people. <laughs> okay, so so I gotta say I gotta say who had John Gruden getting fired before Urban Meyer on their bingo card? Uh, can that's I change my he, question to what? He, no, John Gruden's fired. Can I can I change my question to what's the likelihood that OU gets the 2008 national championship and Florida inevitably vacates it? Very 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 low. But yeah, Jameson uh, yeah, John Gruden is the plans to resign. Oh yeah, no, he's he's done. He's uh, yeah. But no, I that that is funny, Ty. The 2008 vacation. Um, but here's my thing. I I I'm fully on board again, which sounds insane. Um, I know you because, are, Bobby. This one's for, of course you know. This well, is for, for, this one's for Jameson. I this one's for Jameson because here's the thing: is with how insane college football has been, um, it, it's we we've gone from like our biggest hope being, well, maybe they'll figure it out and we'll like stumble in to, oh God, we might actually be kind of good. And now look, OU still hasn't played a complete game yet. That is that that part is not like. That, that, is, that is not gone. Oh, you still need to play a complete game. They have a great opportunity on Saturday against Gary Patterson to take a step back and get a big win. Um, but um, look, it, I, look I, I think I feel better about the national championship potential than I have in, you know, honestly, since Tulane, uh, since before Tulane Easy, um, Alabama taking a, getting, getting knocked down a peg. That um, I mean, look, if Georgia knocks them out, was a worry this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, they're not the worry, but they are a worry. So 
if you can somehow weed out one of Alabama and Georgia from that, that's great. And uh, I've always thought if Georgia gets the one seed and OU slides into a two, three, that means you have a cotton bowl. That means you have a cotton bowl game. And if you get OU well, in a cotton, if you get OU in a cotton bowl college football playoff game, because Georgia, yeah, Jerry world, because, because if George, is going to Miami, that's 100%. And let's not put the card ahead of the cor- the horse. Of course, there's a lot of wins left to go. A lot of games left to be played. But OU now, um, if they make the right decisions and if they keep playing the way they have and there's no injuries, this is a team that has a uh, – the, the path to the college football playoff, uh, it, it is it – is, the, the Red Sea is open for us to, to do it. We just have to keep up the momentum and, and keep doing what we did in that second half. But uh, it starts with putting a complete game together, and that starts on Saturday. Mm-hmm. My my thing of the ceiling, I think we need to really look at this from a bird's eye view. Let's not get stuck into this storyline. Um, I know Caleb Williams completely changed the game, and like I said, everyone's believing in him and everyone's playing to the best of their ability. But this secondary is extremely suspect. You know, Delaron Turner going back down with a hamstring. You know, these are things that I always say linger, and that's why I was worried about Billy Bowman coming back too soon um, because things like this happen. You know, DeLaren Turner Yell coming back first play, re-pulls it. You know, there's another one to two, maybe two weeks probably now. Um, if you, I don't know how he re-pulled it, how serious it was, but if you're pulled for the rest of the game, um, that's worrisome. There's your, your head of your secondary. And Jane Davis just hasn't been it. Woody Washington's still out and probably will be for another week or so, two weeks. Um, there's just a lot, you know, when it comes down to that, like having a good secondary, you need that in college football. And there's going to be a team that really exposed, you know, and what, you know, a, one loss can take you out. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about that in all actuality. And I think Caleb Williams on the other side of the ball, I think he's a great quarter. I'm playing devil's advocate here. I think he's a great quarterback, but it's hard to say that a true freshman starting uh, um, in college football is not going to have a down game. One of these games. He's not going to be stellar in all these all these times. There were some times, you know, Caleb Williams had a couple of throws that weren't perfect, and sometimes they might go the wrong way. He underthrew Jane Hazel in the left corner of the end zone a little oh bit. Oh, my um, God, another Hazelwood excuser. Oh, boy. Well, he, no, well Jane Hazelwood. So I, I've, been talking, I've, been talking, I've been talking Jane Hazelwood is going to be the most overrated player of this season since the beginning of the season. Well, let's not go there. What I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is there are there's there's weaknesses in our armor right now. It's not like we're ironclad and we have found the answer right now to everything. We still have a lot of things that we need to go and fix up. And I need to see a lot more before I can jump back to that preseason thought of this was our team, this is our year, this is where everything lined up. I understand college football, you know, like you said, Bobby, the, the sea is parting and they're seeing a much much clearer you know, um, you know, road to the championship. But the problem is our vehicle to get us there is still broken down a little bit. It needs to be fixed a little bit before I can start saying, let's get back on that road. Yeah. We're, we're still trying to change out the engine and Jameson. I, I gotta say, think of that sec- secondary going against lad McConkie of Georgia scares me. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just feel like lad McConkie. 7.0. Uh, from which from are we on Ty? Yeah, uh, I think we're back to four, aren't we? Uh, We've gone back to what's his name? Uh, hey, Daniels is isn't Daniels isn't back yet. Damn good dog. Uh, no, so but we, uh, what's his name? The one with the the good name, Stetson Bennett. Stetson it's Bennett. 
Is he? He has wait. Okay, second right. was four. He started, and then five was what's his name, and then we went back to four. So you don't get a new numerical designation. Um, T- you guys are gonna have to post something on social media. T- I got. T- I bring, got bring back. Uh, we, I got yeah, I, I, out of Instagram after I shared a potential meme to the group chat. I don't know if it's a coincidence or. I oh, forgot yeah. the password and never uh, <laughs> okay, updated. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, al- I almost told you the password on live air. So it's okay. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> what what uh, I wanted to say, I forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, yeah. The, the ceiling. Ty, the ceiling. Yeah, the the ceiling. ceiling. Well, no, I, I meant I, I forgot I, I had stepped on your toes. I wanted to let you finish your thought. We're, we're all stepping on everyone's toes right now. Okay. I, so, I, I just want to talk about Lab McConkey some more. My thought to, to clarify the ceiling. Um, I think I had a lower potential ceiling than you guys coming into this game. So coming into this game, my assumption was I was worried about our Big 12 championship streak. I had already given – like going into Red River, I had long ago given up on, uh, especially with Georgia, the, the national championship or even making it to the playoffs. I was coming into this game, I was worried about our, our Big 12 championship uh, streak. So uh, what I wanted to say is that – um, I am now obviously anything's on the table this season, but I am now much less concerned about our our Big Twelve championship streak um, than I was coming in. Because because ultimately, to me, uh, the postseason stuff is the postseason stuff. But now that we have this whole Big Twelve storyline, uh, I think it's very important that OU continues to win out until we leave. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I fully agree. I think that'd be excellent. Um, and look, I just looking down the line. Um, I mean, there, there, any game can be a trap game in the Big 12, yeah, who especially knows with this OU team. Uh, but really, it's not that tough until you hit November. Uh, so it gives us some time to figure it out. Gives us some time to figure out who the hell we are after this insane game. And then get ready for, um, you know, championship November, where you have a road game at Baylor, uh, Iowa State at home, oh. and then... And then Bedlam on the road. So that's that's going to be a tough, tough stretch. But thankfully, they have some time to regroup. You know, handle T- TCU's a tough, solid opponent. Uh, but they're, they're beatable. Um, and then Kansas is Kansas. Uh, unless Senior Bean just um, murders us. But oh, no. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a Reaching way the singularity like between OU Bean. disappointment and the Bean Man. The bean man's gonna the bean man's gonna drop six hundred yards the on point us. Of singularity. Caleb Fuck. Williams gets mad in transfers, like you were saying, because we played Spencer Rattler too much. Spencer Rattler decides I'd rather be a fifth round pick than come back to Oklahoma. Jason Bean transfers to Oklahoma to become the next dynasty before Malachi Nelson. I oh, think God. we've lined it up. Uh, yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, look at Riley can't develop uh, quarterbacks." Uh, they, they just brought in. They're just riding off the success of the Bean Man. Here's a better, even more meta one for the Schooner Pod. Lincoln Riley tries to run a two QB system. Both quarterbacks leave. The Bean Man transfers in, wins the Heisman, <laughs> takes OU to the Natty, and goes number one overall because Lincoln can only develop transfers. Oh my God! I, I would I would eat only beans for for a meal for ten years straight. If that I'd be the happened. guy on yeah, Ashley would kill you. Just eating beans <laughs> out of a like out of a thing at the games. Uh, I would uh, get legitimate botulism. There's no doubt in my mind. 
botulism. That is legitimately oh how you can get botulism. You eat too many canned beans. And we're uh, at the hour. I and thought it had to be one where the can was like. We, we might have to get creative with this, man. It's okay. Uh, we talked about plant cells earlier. That, so. That's that's true. That's true. Oh, God. Well. All right. So I, I, I'm going to let me let me do a one minute and then I'm just done for the podcast, even if we go another hour. Yeah. The chanting. The F Rattlers, the We Want Williams. I don't feel bad, and you shouldn't either. Okay, Spencer Rattler has made well over by. I tried to Google around. He's been really tight-lipped about it. Okay, Spencer Rattler has very probably he's made over a, a hundred grand this year in cars alone. Okay, Spencer Rattler has most probably made a half million dollars at least this season oh. already, off of being yeah, exactly. You should not feel bad, okay? Like I said on the podcast a, a couple times before, it's a business, all right? He's getting paid. He's not some innocent athlete, student athlete, starving for, you know, whatever else, trying to get his degree, playing for the love of the game. No, he's at OU because he thought he was going to win Heisman and make millions in the NFL because Lincoln Riley has a proven track rec- record with quarterbacks. He does not care about the NFL. He's made a shit ton of money already, and – he has squandered it and underperformed and not lived up to the expectations of his job. Okay. Other people that make that amount of money when they underperform to the level that he's performing would have been fired and let go long ago, especially when you have someone that can immediately replace him like, by, by, like Caleb Williams can. So I don't feel bad. And I think that everyone that got on to the fans and the student section specifically tied noted defender of the student section, uh, should eat crow because when is the last time OU yeah. booed one of its own quarterbacks? I like I literally I tried to research this. I don't think it's occurred ever potentially, especially when we've been winning. Even when we had Landry Jones and Trevor Knight and all the other scrubs we had out there on the field uh, playing for OU. And, well, Trevor Knight's a, an A and M player, but it's just like it's you knew that something was up when we were booing this guy, right? It has never it, – it's unprecedented in college football. And, and, it, and look, it's unprecedented because the OU fandom is pretty freaking spoiled. And look, I don't want to get in the well, whole – But they were right. That's the thing, though, is like they were very probably right. I think they, by all means and like they were right. So it's like I, I, don't, I don't see why – I understand we're spoiled, but like nobody booed Landry Jones when he went out after um, Sam Bradford and underperformed. Nobody booed Trevor Knight when he was just well, a it's different. all the time. That's different because, like, look, Landry they Jones had different can, They had different expectations, and they were thrown out the window, and everyone got hurt against BYU, and we lost game one. We That's that's a thing. He wasn't getting booed because we lost and because it was because of injuries. It wasn't well, like... We would, have, we would have lost this game had Rattler stayed in. That's the yeah, thing. I know, but here's the thing, Ty, and I mentioned this earlier... The, it wasn't like they had some detailed report, some detailed analysis that they actually knew like, oh yeah, Caleb Williams is great. We know all this. We knew he could be good. We also knew Spencer Redler could be good when he was a freshman. So my thing is just because they ended up chanting for the right thing doesn't mean that it was like they, they, they were actively right. It, it just means that they were upset. They wanted a change. And yeah, even though it happened, hell, if you listen to them, you never, you never know. The backup could come in and poop his pants on the field. You never, you, you never really know. There's no body of evidence yeah, to suggest. But, but the starter would have stayed in and turned it over and lost the game. So whether or not he poops his pants, 
he didn't turn it over and lose the game. I look. I'm just saying. I I, I think it's kind of BS to be your own. Um, Boo your own players. I don't think so. I I'm don't not think a fan. So I think right. booing is okay. I disagree because it's I like a, booing. Don't I boo don't, your just boo I your own specific players. I don't, I don't like buy it. the innocent college student narrative. This guy is in above the top one percent of Americans, right? Like he is as white collar pampered job as you can be. He gets everything handed to him all week, and all he has to do is just kind of meet expectations for three to four hours once a week. I understand there's a lot more work that goes into being a college football player, but for the amount that he has to work and the things that are handed to you as a starting quarterback at Oklahoma, he is very handsomely paid. And I don't think anyone should feel bad for the FU Rattler or the We Want Williams or whatever else has been thrown at him because nobody feels bad when anyone else that's making that amount of money gets criticism, especially when they're legitimately underperforming in their job. And like I said, it would be a totally different thing without the NIL, and I'm not anti-NIL, but I don't feel bad. Let's let Jameson have his take. Yeah, yeah. I agree with your business take. You know, now that they're getting paid to play like this, you know, you got to take, you know, some of, you know, you're not innocent, you're not an innocent little college kid anymore. I completely agree with that. But where I disagree, and I said this in the past, is booing and booing is okay because that just shows you're just upset. But it's not like, you know, once, like Bobby said, one specific player is like, this booing is directed at me and I'm screwed. And whenever you chant the we want Caleb, like I said, it divided the locker room. And I guarantee you Spencer's play has been negatively impacted since that chant too. Because like I said, he's in his head. He's thinking, overthinking everything. And whenever he's trying to make a certain play – probably worried about throwing it to the open receivers because he's should i do that should i take the risk can i make that play you know caleb williams when he throws it up to marvin mims spencer's not doing that because he knows that if he does that and it screws up and that 50 50 goes the other way and that 50 percent, you know marvin mims doesn't box out the receiver and gets picked off spencer's screwed his his view is tarnished and he's just not going to do that so therefore that's where those chants go negative Yes, it did end up working out, but it's not our job as fans to be the coach. It's the coach's job to be the coach. Our our job as fans is to be as supportive as we can. And I understand if we show, if we're like upset and we're not liking what we're saying, it is not our job to overtake the coaching staff. I'm not the captain now. We can show our emotion that we're upset, but do not take on the coaching role because all it does is create a complete rift in the in the locker room. And we're going to have a rift in the locker room this coming this coming Saturday, and I, as fans, I sure as hell hope, I sure as hell hope because I know it's going to happen. I'm just saying this out there. If Spencer Rattler pops out there on the first snap of the game, it's just not Boo Bird City because I'm really scared it's going to. Because, because here's the thing is, like, at, at this point, you have to back the team. And whatever whatever Lincoln Riley does is the move. You can criticize, of course. You can boo, of course. But um, – I'm here. There's a reason why Kansas State fans and Texas fans were chanting, We want Caleb. It was to get in Spencer Rattler's head. It was to negatively impact OU. Um, and that's the issue. It's, it, it wasn't it, just Texas fans, though. That's why I said Texas fans and Kate, because, because it was helping them, because it was on their side. Because, because doing something like. It, it, in retrospect, it wasn't. It, it didn't. It Lincoln Riley didn't pull Spencer Rattler because of the chance, though. 
He did what it because if, it was the right thing to do. That would have happened with or without Riley. the chance. Because like you guys talked about, Lincoln Riley sees Spencer Rattler as he has an emotional attachment to him. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't think yeah. that happens. Yeah, Lincoln was going to – yeah, I agree. Lincoln's going to be pulling Spencer in this game um, if it wasn't for the chance or not because Lincoln's just going to do what he thinks is right. Um, I understand that we thought that maybe because as fans we pushed this and made this happen. No, Spencer Rattler just was in a microcosm, did almost exactly what he did last year, and guess what happened last year? He got benched. Throws an interception, fumbles. Guess what? You do that, and we're down big in a, in a rivalry game when you try something different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been a <laughs> shockful um, OU Texas post game. Uh, just incredible stuff, uh, and really more—it's it, honestly more a OU Texas post game slash midseason review sort of deal. Uh, so you know, maybe I'll get creative with that uh, as we go throughout the week. So I'm not sure when you'll be hearing this part, but. Um, thank you all for so much for listening. This was a lot of content, and um, we are about to turn the stretch uh, in what should be a very, very eventful rest of OU's football season. Um, final thoughts, Jameson. Just a couple sentences. Your thoughts? Yeah, just be very thankful that we're undefeated at this point, and as fans. You know, like like you said, Bobby, we just got to back our team. And if we're doing well, who cares who the quarterback is? You know, just support our team because our job is to make our team better in whatever way we can. Um, but it's it's very tough as human beings. So just, just be careful and tread lightly. Yep, yep. Uh, Ty, final thoughts? Yeah, uh, we don't have a job. The team exists as entertainment to entertain the people that pay to be entertained by the team. Uh, so... I'm going to be right out there booing and, and doing everything else that we're doing against Rattler if he steps out on the field. I Look, I, I just – if you <laughs> look, That is not a, that, that, that's a, that's that's a selfish me. way to think about it. That was 100% it. I mean, me. Ty, yeah, if, you, if the offense is out there and you're making as loud of noise as possible, you know, trying to rattle the offense, is, is it that bad fan behavior? Would you say that's bad no. fan behavior? Well, okay, first off, I have student tickets. I sit in the student section, so I do – what my fellow students around me do, okay? My school, I don't know why you guys are even coming to the games. Uh, of course. I don't even go here. <laughs> of so, course, of course. That, that definitely I, does. I go, I, I go to OU. That's true. I'm okay, yeah. Jameson and I as students. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, de- definitely doesn't matter at all. Um, but, geez. Okay, that was our mid-season uh, sort of review sort of deal. If you like that, make sure to subscribe. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming for you. Tomorrow, we are going to have our TCU preview with Boaten Blake. And Friday, we are dropping our weekly weekend spread picks show. It's all going to be great. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Until next time, have a good one. Boomer Sooner.